Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. Today, we are here with Sally Holder, who is the founder and CEO of The Brim, the Beyond Rock Middle Movement. She's a passionate leader who thrives on helping like-minded entrepreneurs realize and ultimately achieve their true potential. She's dynamic and passionate and has the uncanny ability to uncover the real things holding business owners back, even when they may not be aware of them themselves. Sally's unmatched holistic coaching style has fostered a resilient and engaged community of like-minded entrepreneurs that help empower one another. I'm so excited to have you here. Really excited about this topic. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to talk about it. I love being able to kind of spread the word about the concept that hitting rock metal really exists. Yeah, I love it. And I can't wait to dig into that. But first, why don't you share a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm now a business coach. Um, I, you know, as you mentioned, own a company called The Brim. Um, I started that about five years ago after spending 10 years practicing law. So I practice labor and employment litigation. Um, I always tell people I did everything having to do with the employer-employee relationship. Um, So it really gave me this incredible kind of overview of what can go right and what can go wrong with regard to the interaction between employees and employers. Um, But I always knew I had that entrepreneurial, you know, bug and spirit within me. Um, So when I was recruited away from my law firm to run a corporate and tax firm as their chief operating officer, um, you know, I started to really begin to think about what would it look like to do something entirely on my own. Um, And I wanted to really perfect the skill set of operations. So over the course of the next six years, I ran six different companies in six different industries. So everything from real estate to retail. Um, and I worked on improving their revenue and creating 70% year-over-year growth in those companies. So I would spend about a year there, help them, you know, retool their operations to create that massive growth and then move on to the next company. So after doing that a while, I said, okay, I am you know, ready to explore something on my own. Luckily, I had um, an entrepreneur at that time come to me and say, hey, we want you to coach us. I never really thought it would be coaching, but, um, you know, that was kind of the term she used and I was simultaneously ready, right? When when we're ready, the the path Mm -hmm. will appear. So it did. And that's how I ended up starting the company. Now we really specialize in that revenue acceleration category. Um, You know, I always say we're really not suited necessarily for the startup, but for the business owner that is wanting rapid growth, but can't figure out the pathway to creating it because she is working herself to death. 
So if you want to to accelerate your growth and you're looking at the runway ahead of you and thinking, how in the world am I going to make this happen because I'm already working so hard? Um, It is not about working harder. It is about working smarter and having the right strategies that will amplify your growth. Um, And that's what we do for people now. So um, love what I get to do. Love making more female entrepreneurs millionaires. Um, And that's really our overall mission is to make more women more money. I love that. I love that mission so much. Um, and I love that probably in the process, you're empowering a lot of women and female entrepreneurs to say, I want to make more money, which I right? think is a part of the problem. It's a huge part of the problem. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it right away. It is. Um, you know, we operate in a society, I think, for so long that has taught women in order to be liked, you have to be nice and you have to behave in a certain way. And one of those is that you better keep your ambitions to yourself. Um, and they can't be wild and crazy ambitions because if they are, they're going to come at the sacrifice of a family, right? So that lifestyle and family are not an and both, but an either or. And I really want to bust that myth as well. Um, And I think that we do that by creating really more female millionaires who are doing it and amplifying their reach and talking about what they're doing um, and how they're doing it in a way um, that really contributes to an amazing lifestyle with lots of financial rewards and that they have a family to boot. And so um, I know that all of them are possible. I've created all of them simultaneously. I know I'm not a unicorn. I know I'm just one of many. So I think it's, um, you know, I love opportunities like this that you're even giving me just to have more of the conversation that it is okay to say, I want to earn a million dollars. You know, I always think about it too, as, and then I'll get off my rant, but that there is not a man out there that is being told like, good for you. You, you created a six figure business, like make that your goal. Like, and yet women are told that every day, right? That that's kind of their stopping point. Mm -hmm. And it's why only 2% of female entrepreneurs ever gross more than a million dollars. And that's gross. And Um, that is just not acceptable. And I think it's because we've been, you know, allowing others to set our own bar too low. And when we can embrace talking about money, um, yeah, I hear so many people say, yeah, but it's not about the money for me. I'm like, Mm. right. I, I, I'm not saying it's all about the money, but I'm, I, every one of us must begin to open our eyes and admit that money does make the rest of it easier, right? It makes it easier for you to have right? Dream travel, vacations, give to charity. Like there's all kinds of things that you can do, make an impact on your community, right? But the money does make all that possible. So we can't ignore it. Yeah. So yeah. Love that. More conversations. Absolutely. So I hope that this sort of keeps us talking in this direction, but I want to, I want to move into what hitting rock middle means how do we know we're in the rock middle? You know, like, so why don't you, why don't we start with just like an overview? What is hitting rock middle? What does that mean? Yeah. So when I was looking to leave my law practice, I kept encountering a certain feeling. Um, and I think that a lot of our listeners probably have felt this before. I'm sure you have too, where other people on the outside would be saying to me, 
oh my gosh, you're doing so well. You must be so happy. Mm. Right. And there was a dramatic disconnect between right. What I was showing the world and how I actually felt on the inside. And, you know, I wanted to create a change and I wanted to be able to talk about this place that I was in that while it may have come with financial rewards and external success, it really didn't come with the feeling that I was after of contentment and happiness Mm -hmm. and joy and all the things that I thought were going to come with external success. And so, you know, I wanted to create something different and I didn't really have any terminology around why, right? I couldn't say I was at rock bottom, right? People were like, yeah, but you're not struggling. And I'm like, yeah, but do I have to? Like, do I have to like get you ride the elevator all the way down to the bottom in order to create change? And they, you know, and I knew I wasn't at the top of, you know, the mountain. Like I wasn't where I would be completely happy. So where was I? And that was what I kept asking myself. And I always felt, you know, my mission was to just give some language around it, some terminology that if you feel as though you're at a point where you're ready to create a pivot, that, you know, you can't quite put your finger on why, but that it the place where you are right now lacks the level of true fulfillment and peace and joy that you're really looking for and you want to pivot, that you know, that place of disconnect to me is rock middle, right? Mm -hmm. It's the place that can be your jumping off point to get to the top. Um, Or unfortunately, it's a place where a lot of other people we find just linger, Mm -hmm. right? They just stay sort of in the middle. And I bet there are a lot of people that you can think of that do that and they settle for the middle. They too are not at the bottom and they're not at the top. They're just settling. and you know, I think that if they had terminology around it, then maybe they wouldn't be looking for other outside sources like, you know, everything that we've all used, right, from alcohol to Netflix Mm -hmm. to shopping to numb the pain that I experienced, at least when I was in that middle place, thinking that this is just good enough was just where I needed to stay. And that it was selfish of me to attempt to search for something even better, Mm. right? How dare I? There are a lot of people that are in a worse situation than me. Like, oh, isn't it bad? And again, I think it takes away some of the, you know, discomfort of having the conversation when there is a shorthand terminology that everyone can begin to use around it. So, um, you know, I hope that it will give more people, you know, men and women, a you know, a a chance to talk about it. And then that permission slip, even to create something else from there. Um, Yeah. And I think too, it's silly for us to expect that out of college, whatever career you choose or me out of law school, that it's going to be the one. I think if we also can tell people, Hey, go ahead and expect at some point in your career, you're going to hit rock middle. You're going to be looking around being like, is this all there is? And you know, there might be a small tweak you need to make to get out of that place, or that might need to be a giant pivot, who knows. But again, when you expect it, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. And that this is merely part of the process, right? That you are not the problem. It's merely part of the process. And especially women, um, research shows 
um, tend to turn on themselves and believe mm. we believe it's us and that we're the only person um, that's part of, you know, that is causing this problem. And so, um, yeah, that's what it is. And um, kind of ambitious to try to introduce an entire terminology. But, yeah. you know, it, again, even if it's just, you know, some people begin to kind of refer to it, I think anything helps. I couldn't agree more. And there's something you said that feels really important for us to talk a little bit more about because it's something that really resonates for me. And I'm sure it resonated, resonates for you too in your experience. I feel like I actually hit rock middle when I was in a, I was in a VP position. I was getting paid the most I'd ever been paid in my life. Everything on paper looked great, but I was miserable. I was wildly mm-hmm. miserable. And I must have agonized for weeks and months about leaving this position. And I thought to myself, I'm making so much money. I like, I have the business, the business credit card. Like I'm flying. I flew first class to Tokyo. Like, how dare I say that this isn't good enough? And I think a lot of people think that. And I'm wondering, like, what are your thoughts on getting out of that very toxic space that keeps so many people in this really unhappy space for so long. Oh gosh. So true. Um, and good on you. Like it took me 10 years to get out of there. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, you know, I jokingly, but not jokingly say my willingness to tolerate a really uncomfortable, painful situation is very high. Like Mm -hmm. I'm willing to really try to make it work. Um, no, but um, you know, what I've discovered kind of along the way of really studying this and thinking about it as intensely as I have is that happiness and quote unquote success to me and for most of the people that I have coached, right, the hundreds of female business owners and a few men along the way um, has always been defined differently than monetary success, right? That is one piece right? But that success is a puzzle made up of two really critical pieces. And that is both the financial rewards, right? And the lifestyle rewards that we are looking to achieve. And so whenever I had a new client um, come in to our coaching program, that is exactly where we begin is with the clarity piece, right? It's the first part of our revenue accelerator puzzle is really clarifying what success looks like to them and having them identify um, what lifestyle success is um, to them. Because Mm -hmm. what tends to happen, as you were describing, is, yes, you may have had all of those things, but the lifestyle suffered probably dramatically Mm -hmm. because you missed out on friends birthdays and attending you know events and weddings and things and you never got to be a part of life right that it was likely the job first and everything else far behind and i'm making a lot of assumptions but that tends to be the case in that type of a corporate high powered environment and um <clears throat> for some that is perfectly okay but for others it's not right it doesn't meet their lifestyle needs and that it differs for every single person. And that's why the definition of success cannot be a title and money. And because that's us attempting to mold ourselves into one definition. And why would we think there's a one size fits all? There's not in anything else in our entire lives. That's a one size fits all. So, um, 
Instead, we write down on a piece of paper. And if I had done this before I went into practicing law or hell, even law school, I probably never would have gone Mm. um, because I would have written down wildly different lifestyle goals that would have met my needs, which would have been much more entrepreneurial. And it would have come with a whole lot of flexibility, a whole lot of autonomy, right? If you were to drop me into my most ideal day, it has all of those pieces. And then I could have researched around that, right? I could have asked other attorneys, like, would a wildly successful career practicing law include these? And if they don't, that's not going to be success for me, right? It Mm -hmm. might be for you, but that's cool. It won't meet my needs. And I think the more we can own what those specific needs are, um, you know, Jim Collins in all of his books talk about, you know, good to great and built to last. He talks about this quite a bit is, you know, in order to be a visionary entrepreneur or even a visionary in your own life, you got to understand what it is that creates that level of happiness and success for you. And, mm-hmm. um, most people don't know, right? Or they just haven't taken the time to define it for themselves um, and do that exploration. And, you know, um, if you haven't in a while, I suggest that any of our listeners do, right? Take mm-hmm. take a 30-minute window and just merely drop yourself in a day in your life 10 years from now and write down everything that you would be doing during that day. If you're sleeping till 10, you're probably not practicing law. But who's to say that's a bad thing? Who's to say that, you know, beginning your meetings at 10, which I do now, mm-hmm. um, because my creative time is the morning and I like to be writing and creating content between seven and 10. Not because I'm trying to be lazy, but that works for me, right? And so, um, yeah, I mean, any of it is possible, but we cannot ignore our lifestyle goals and pretend like they don't exist. They will always lead you back to rock middle every time. Yeah, I love that. And I love the the shift to thinking about what that ideal lifestyle vision is for you. When When I was in that place for me, I wasn't even thinking about lifestyle. Well, I, I guess I was, I was thinking like quality of life is what I kept coming back to. And there was one question that I asked myself and I answered it without hesitation. And that was when I decided to make a change. And that was, if I died tomorrow, would I be happy with how I spent my last six months? Cause at that point I'd been in the job for six months. And that's like kind of a morbid question, but it, Steve jobs has actually a great quote that I don't know off the top of my head about how death has a way of clarifying things. And, so you know, that's why so many people make huge life changes after something massive happens in their life because it clarifies things for you. And so I encourage anyone listening, you know, if you're not sure if you should leave or, or make that next step, ask yourself this question. And then when you find that the answer is likely yes, then take the practice of what Sally has said and say, okay, well then what do I want instead? And let that be just like a starting point. I love that question. Um, it reminds me of that Mary Oliver quote about what are you, you know, how are you going to live this one wild and precious mm-hmm. life that you have? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one that I try to similarly to what you're saying, remind myself, like, am I living my one wild and precious mm-hmm. life? Um, and so, but yeah, I'm going to absolutely write that down. I love the question. Like if I were to reflect on the last six months, would mm-hmm. I be happy with it? Yeah. Yeah. Such a good one. So the question I think remains, 
okay, I'm not happy. Okay. I want to live a different life. How the hell do I do that? I'm scared. I'm nervous. I can't leave this job. I need to make money. What, what do we do? Yeah. So, um, you know, a couple of things come to mind. Um, and, and now I can't stop thinking about the question that you just posed. (laughs) Um, so to rip off of that for a second, it reminds me of something I, um, heard a long time ago as I was coaching a sales team. And that was, you know, if you had to make a million dollars between now and next week, Mm. right. Or whatever monetary amount you need in order to thrive or just to pay your rent. Right. And your house, were going to burn down or your, you know, um, dog were going to be killed and you had to do it. You could do it. Mm. Right. Most everyone can figure out a way, right? Yes. Will it be pleasant or, you know, comfortable along the way to creating that? No, it's not going to be, but growth never is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to feel like a warm, fuzzy blanket. It's going to feel uncomfortable, but there is an in- intended purpose behind that. And that is that you get to change along the way, right? And that you get to, um, you know, grow. And so I, um, yeah, I absolutely love thinking about the transitions that people get to make because mm-hmm. they often come and say, there is no way I can do it. And it just immediately reminds me of what in your life have you had to do because you were under intense pressure and you just made it happen and you pulled a rabbit out of your hat. You can do the same thing. If I were to give you a deadline and say you had to do it by then, you would likely make it happen. We stall because we don't perceive, and this is just biologically, we don't perceive there are any consequences, right? Mm. We immediately envision the consequences of leaving the job, but we don't perceive that there are consequences for staying there. Mm. And there are. And so I oftentimes encourage people, you know, go back and think about for a moment the consequences for staying, because I bet that's something that you haven't yet considered. Um, So if they're on their own, and this is a question I get in passing, that's generally what I tell people is like, I want to remind you that there are always consequences to every action and inaction. Mm -hmm. And so you are making a choice by choosing to stay. And where will you not be then? Um, What are you in fact giving up? And is it um, worth giving that up? And when they really pose and begin to think about what they would be capable of creating that they're giving up, then they realize, you know what, I might change. Mm -hmm. And it's because here's why, you know, we often need pain in order to create change, right? And we've set up the pain around having to leave. And so what we're weighing is, does the pain of staying the same exceed or is it below the potential pain of change? And right now, right, the potential pain of change looks awful, right? Because you don't see much upside. There aren't many like wonderful things you're going to get because you haven't set up consequences for staying. And so the pain looks like only if you leave now reverse the scenario and see, right. And then you can see the pain of staying the same Mm -hmm. and does this pain of staying the same exceed, right. The potential pain of change. 
Um, and most of the time it really does. Um, and that allows you to make the change. Um, it you know, kind of goes back to what I was saying is like, I needed to be in immense pain. Like I mm-hmm. wish that I could be the one that's like, Ooh, that's right. That's no longer working for me. I'm going to immediately make a change. Um, mm-hmm. like, nope. um, instead, um, it, it is much more likely that it is, um, all based on the fact that I'm experiencing tremendous pain and I'm like, okay, now I'm forced to do it. So I encourage everybody listening to this to not get it in as painful of a situation as I let myself and go ahead and make the change because it's not as scary as you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is the last thing I'll say on that is, um, which obviously I could talk about this forever mm. is get a coach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have expanded at the brim to add, um, some amazing new master coaches to our team that are providing one-on-one coaching. I honestly could not personally have made the change without a coach. And the reason is, is because I want to go back to my comfort zone. Again, biologically, we are, you know, it's, it's kind of like, um, facing a bear out there, right? We see it and we're scared of it. And so we're just going to stay where we are. And, um, you know, what a coach is capable of doing for you is, you know, lessening the bear and and showing, you know, and saying, oh, you thought it was a bear. It's really just, you know, a tiny little yapping dog and you can do this and I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to go every step of the way with you. And, you know, that's really critical to helping hold us outside our comfort zone and staying there, not retreating, not running back to what we know that is familiar. And it's really hard to create change just entirely on your own really is without someone, um, helping to map out that change for you and make you realize it's not going to be detrimental to you. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I'll add is to be discerning about the coach that you work with. The coaching industry is blowing up and it's amazing. It's helping a lot of people start their own businesses, but not everyone is actually a coach that's going to get you where you want to go. So just like both of us being coaches, I feel like I want, we both want to remind you, like know who you're working with and really get a sense for their experience and their expertise and their credentials. Because, um, a lot of people spend a lot of money on coaching that does nothing for them. And then you're no further down the road. So I just aim it. I cannot tell you, please don't ever hire a business coach to coach your business when they've never run a business other than their own, right? right? That should just be the standard right there. Like if they have never, ever been an entrepreneur, except for building the current business, they have red flags, people, right? Um, Yeah. Very concerning, right? They don't have actual experience building multiple businesses. They just know how to take an idea and bring it to fruition. Um, And um yeah. And, and to social media is not an entire business strategy. I'm just, mm-hmm. you didn't even ask that, but I'm just going to go and say that. Like, yeah. um, there is much more to creating a successful, profitable business than just putting your stuff out on social media. Many coaches out there have their entire customer acquisition strategy. Their entire service is mm-hmm. all based on social media. If they tell you that run, because there's so much more to it. Um, 
if, if you're wanting to have something that is not a fly by night um, yep. business. I love that. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So I'm wondering if there's something to be said for kind of coming back regularly and like assessing, like, am I in the rock middle? Like, am I moving toward what I want? Can you speak a little bit to like the practice of checking in with where you're at? Yeah. What a great point. And I don't think I've ever had anybody ask me this, but, um, um, I will be so honest in that. Yes, you have to do this because I myself am, you know, I can overcomplicate a paper bag. I can circle back around and come back to a habit that I have faster than my, you know, body intuition gut realizes um, and so, um, as you mentioned about, you know, trying to find that, um, you know, place and, and clarity again, I think at least every six months, mm-hmm. if not, um, if not then at least once a year, but I tend to find if you are a very fast moving person, you adopt change quickly that, um, you probably need to do it even once a quarter is just come back and revisit your actual, you know, original notes and plan and ensure that what you are doing is taking you closer to that destination. Mm. Um, I love to take a detour. Like Mm. I love hearing a really good idea and someone's like, you should do this. It'd be amazing. And I get very caught up in the idea and next thing I know, I'm creating an entire business strategy, revenue stream, et cetera, that has <laughs> nothing to do with my destination. And it yeah. was a big fat detour. And I don't even realize it until months down the road. Mm-hmm. And if I were more consistent with paying attention to the clarity that I originally had around my destination, I wouldn't find myself back in rock middle, but I do. And then I, but I mean, now what I'm also gracious about is I'm forgiving about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important too. Like maybe it is, you're always going to keep coming back to that. I don't know. I haven't lived long enough yet. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm in my mid forties, but um, you know, m- maybe you do a couple of years, just keep coming back to this. Um, so, but I, I do find I can get very uh, much back into the same rhythm mm-hmm. very easily. Um, so I am very communicative with my team. I think that's really important. And if you don't have a team, at least with those who are, you know, your close confidants and business and things, you know, the people that you can check in with about business, at least to say, hey, here's where I want to go. This is what I want to be creating. Hold me accountable to it. Let me help hold you. Um, And if you see me swaying away from that, I'm going to give you full permission to point that out to me. Um, Even if you feel like I'm not going to like hearing it at that point in time. Um, So yeah, I mean, you can create that with an accountability partner, but again, um, you know, the most effective person is probably again, going to be a coach that at least over, you know, that you can come back to potentially a couple of times a year to say, let me check back in. We created a plan or a path, you know, six months ago. Let's let me run some new ideas by you and gut check them. Um, I always like to do that too. Um, and see, like, do you think that's going to end up where I think it is? Or you think I'm just on the same path and I'm not seeing it. And a lot of times she's like, yeah, you're just on the same path and you didn't see it. I was like, huh. 
okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, so um, I am a really good self-sabotager. I think we all are, right? Mm-hmm. In one way, shape or form or another, whether that's adding too many bells and whistles, too many revenue streams, saying yes to too many clients, et cetera. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think something too, that comes up for me as you say that is write down, like write down what it is you're moving toward your goals, your focus, because I know I find like, sometimes I'll look back on what I wrote down like six months ago or in January. And I'm like, i like forgot that that's what I wanted to do, which sounds crazy, but we get, you know, if you're like Sally and me, like I was raising my hand when she was like, I come up with new ideas and I'm like, it's literally my life these days. Like I have so many ideas. And then I'm like three days later, I'm like, Oh, I don't know, but I've just created like a whole website for it. And now we're like here, you know, but like having us to come back to, I think it's important to write it down so that we can remind our crazy, our brilliant, not crazy, our brilliant, creative, visionary selves. Like, okay, that's a cool vision, but maybe that's for someone else. Or maybe that's for another time. Like, we need to keep going in this direction. And don't be afraid to bag it. I mean, I created an entire course. I can't even remember what it was called now. Uh, Anyway, I wrote the whole content, the workbook, everything, and was getting ready to film it went through this exercise with my coach, told her, Hey, this is what I'm getting ready to do. Didn't even remotely feel the need to check with her about it. And she's like, um, just, you know, let's gut check this. Like, does your most ideal client right now, the one that you are dying to serve at that next level that you keep talking about that you want to elevate everything to be able to serve that? Does she want this program that you just spent weeks writing? And I'm like, well, no, she does not want this. She already has this. She knows this on her own. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, so what are we going to do? I was like, we are going to bag it. Yep. We are not going to launch it. That's it. Done. And, um, you know, sometimes my team will laugh at me about my willingness to just toss things into the trash. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it's not entirely in the trash. I needed to go through that exercise yeah. in order to have the level of clarity of what's next. I, likely will find a way to use this content later on down the line, you know, and I think we can't be short-sighted if you're in business and planning to build something for the very long term, let's not, you know, sabotage ourselves in the short term, you know, because we're trying to create some kind of immediacy, like immediate Mm -hmm. success when in the long term, it doesn't serve your overall business purpose. You know, we, what's the saying? We tend to overestimate what we can do in the short term and vastly underestimate what we can do in the long term. So, um, I was just kind of falling into that particular trap. And once I was made aware of it, I was like, sweet, let's just pivot. Yeah. 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 And I also want to add a caveat that you are allowed to change direction. You are allowed to decide that your vision is shifted. And I don't want you to think that you can't, but I think it's important maybe to come back to like coming back to, you know, the, the um, exercise that Sally said, uh, talked about in terms of your lifestyle. And so it's like, okay, maybe I do want to shift, but let me come back to this. And like, does the shift fit with this like high level, the way I want to live my life, you know, like having that to always be sort of like your North star and then your business can shift and flow as needed as long as you're still able to make that happen. Yeah. Um, 
I love the quote, like, be clear on your destination, mm-hmm. but fluid on how you get there. Yep. Um, yeah. So the firmness of your destination can be around like the financial rewards you want to experience mm-hmm. the, like I said, the autonomy, the flexibility, how you want to live your day and not with the specificity of Right. You might have some clarity of, I think I want 20 employees and to be living in whatever, you know, Dubai, whatever. But, you know, those things are just the how and how we'll evolve because Mm -hmm. technology is going to evolve. The world's going to evolve. Things are constantly changing. And so how you get there um, is, is constantly in flux. And, yeah, the more we're okay with that, then the more likely we are to allow ourselves to kind of pivot off of an idea, the thing we thought would take us there, the person we hired who mm-hmm. we thought was going to be the thing. Um, you know, I was just walking a client through that this morning. She hired a president of her company and, you know, walking back that expectation of, I, but I thought this was going to be the solution. Um, and I was like, just got to stay fluid. That wasn't the how you're going to get to exactly what it is that you wanted to create. It was just still part of the information gathering. Like we thought it was the answer, but most of the time, you know, it's just still part of the journey. It just is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I love that reminder. So important to remember that everything we're doing is a lesson, is something to learn, is happening to get us wherever it is we're supposed to go. Like that's just, I guess, I don't know that for a fact, but I believe it to be a fact in my life. I've seen it. And so giving ourselves grace along the way, as we try new things and stumble and succeed and get frustrated and all the things that come with running a business and being, being a successful entrepreneur. Yeah. I think the more we can let go of the idea that you know, anyone has it together, Mm -hmm. that anyone has this level of perfection that they have achieved in business. Um, That's just not true. No one, even when they are wildly successful. And I work with many female entrepreneurs that have very large eight-figure businesses and they still feel these same feelings. So Mm -hmm. if that's not right, the, the destination, then you know, enjoy the journey. You're not Mm -hmm. seeking perfection. You're seeking an understanding of who you are, what you want to be, the person you want to become along the way. And, you know, when you know that everything else I think becomes easier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I just thought of was like, you're seeking to live life, right? Like living life means doing things that no one says they're always the right things. It just means doing things like life would be so boring if we didn't do the wrong thing or create a whole course and then realize we need to throw it away. You know, like how boring would life be if we just did all the right things every time? Like that wouldn't be a very fun journey. So we get you to have their stories, right? You have nothing to share, nothing right. to teach people, nothing to share like to your grandkids or whatever one day, mm-hmm. right? That's what it's all about is laughing at the many failures I've had yeah. that have led to some success. And um, I try to tell my kids that every day who are now 12, 15, and they don't want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. 
but really and truly, um, you know, I tell them we only get the perspective of whether it was good or bad with hindsight. And Mm -hmm. so therefore we're never going to know if something was right or wrong. And we, if we can just hold back on attaching meaning to something until we're well further down the road, then we can shave off a little of that disappointment and Mm -hmm. frustration, or even just like negative self-talk, even if we could shave a little of that off, life would be better. Um, And I think it's just all about those incremental shifts that we can make of perspective um, that really can make us feel so much better. Now, they looked at me like I had three heads and was crazy and I didn't know anything I was talking about, but I was like, fine, one day, maybe you'll get it. (laughs) (laughs) This came with a lot of blood, sweat and tears. With hindsight, you'll see that I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) It's exactly what I'm saying. Oh gosh, I feel like I could probably keep just talking about this stuff all day. So I'll I'll slow us down here. But before we shift gears, um, give us the one gem. If listeners walk away with with nothing else but this, what would it be? Um, can I have two? I, yes. I was thinking about this. Um, yeah. <laughs> the one is I've got to now say, right, clarity is actually a business strategy, right? Mm-hmm. And creating clarity around your destination and what it is you're developing is, is truly a business strategy. Um, why? Because it's your vision. It's the mm-hmm. filter through which every other decision ought to be put through. Um, and then that vision drives your strategies. And then those strategies um, dictate the tactics you perform on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis to create that ultimate vision. So the first is, if you do nothing, please create your vision. And the second is then be curious along the way. Right? Mm. I talk about curiosity as a business tool as well. And um, that it is that perspective shift often for me of, okay, instead of us looking at this as a failure, let's look at it with curiosity to say, I wonder why this happened. I can't wait to see how this is going to play a role in our bigger growth as a company or, you know, our bigger impact that we believe we're here to make. So, um, you know, instead of making a decision, whether something is good or bad, we always try here at the Brem to apply curiosity that like, we're just going to stay super open and curious about what's coming. So those would be my two gems to try to share. Perfect. Curiosity and clarity. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, and shifting gears a little, tell us what you're getting intentional about right now. So I'm getting intentional really about our overall mission. Um, you know, our mission is to, like I said, create more female millionaires. And in order to do that, we need more people um, coaching female entrepreneurs and being able to serve them not only all over this country, but multiple countries. So we are really intentional right now about expansion. And um, so we've brought on four additional master coaches that all have as, you know, Um, been trained by me, that are vetted, have run multiple businesses, have had wild success in leadership and sales and all of the categories that I find are foundational for, um, you know, creating that multi-million dollar business. So I'm thrilled, um, you know, 
and and my intention is for us to continue to really spread the word and, and make an impact on this number of two percent, right? And mm-hmm. double and triple and quadruple that number. So um, you know, I think that adding more coaches to be able to help more people is the route to get there. So really excited about it, really excited about more women um creating more impact of their own. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. I love it. And where can listeners connect with you outside of the podcast? So um, I have a podcast as well. I should definitely interview you on that. Um, So we'll schedule that, but it's called Hitting Rock Middle. Shocking. Um, (laughs) And then, um, of course, on Instagram at The Brim or on um, our website, growwiththebrim.com. And um, Brim is B-R-I-M-M. So two M's there. Um, So yeah, reach out. Thank you so, so much for being here with us. I absolutely love this conversation. You shared so much knowledge. So we appreciate you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. It was such a joy. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.